Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're continuing our study on end times and our sub-study in the middle of the tribulation. And you may be asking yourself, why are we in part three of the middle of the tribulation? How much can there be going on in the middle of the tribulation? Well, some of it happens in the middle, and some of it is just described in the middle as to what's going on. And we um, come today to Revelation chapter 13, and we're going to see some information about two beasts. That's right, two beasts. Two very different beasts from any beast you have ever seen. One is from the sea, and the other is from the earth. Let's take a look. Revelation 13, verse 1, And the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads. And on his horns were ten diadems, and on his heads were blasphemous names. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and his great authority. So this beast has uh, ten horns, seven heads, two diadems on there, um, blasphemous names all over his heads. And he looks somewhat like a leopard with the feet of a bear, but the mouth of a lion. And that is one really weird-looking beast. And each of these things have significance, and I would be remiss if I didn't deal with some of it. However, I would also be lying to you if I told you I know everything that's going on here. It's not explained to us. And those who say, well, this means this and this means that, um, there are some of those things we can see. Generally, um, the the heads, the crowns, or the the thor- the horns and the and the heads can refer to rulers or nations, um, which they are here. Good question. Um, and um, the diadems have to do with authority and majesty and um, and ruling. The blasphemous names on the heads, that's a little easier because this one is the Antichrist. And so he is against God. So the Antichrist that we talked about before that made the covenant with Israel, breaking the covenant with Israel, now he's really coming to the front in the middle of this tribulation. And that is this beast from the sea. I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. And we're going to hear about that again in a little bit uh, when we talk about the beast from the earth. But this fatal wound that the Antichrist had, from what it doesn't say, whether it's from the two witnesses, whether it's from uh, some insurrection, whether it is from battle, it doesn't say. Other than it was healed and people were amazed by it. 
Ironically, people are more amazed in the tribulation at the fatal wound of the beast that's healed than they were when Christ's fatal wound was healed in the resurrection. And um, so this is all we're, what we're going to see here in chapter 13 is Satan's copycat of what God is and does. So you see the dragon at the beginning, that's Satan. He's copying God the Father. We've got the beast whose fatal wound was healed, and obviously he is going to be copying Jesus the Christ. And um, so verse 4, they worshiped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him? Now, this is exactly what Satan wants, is people to worship him. Except he wants even more than that. He wants God's place completely. And so these people are worshiping Satan, and they are worshiping the Antichrist that he has set up. And um, they are scared of the Antichrist. Who can wage war against somebody who is in their mind, from their perspective, immortal, because he, he, was, he had a fatal wound, and it was healed. And how do you fight against somebody who you can't kill? Verse 5, There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies, and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. Now, the mouth with blasphemies, obviously he's cursing God, he's... Um, setting himself up to be a god. People are worshiping him. They're worshiping him in the name of, of Satan. And um, then he has the authority to act for 42 months. 42 months is three and a half years, which is half of the tribulation. So now half the tribulation has come to be, we're in the middle of it, and he is able to actually act. That's why he's breaking his covenant with Israel, and now he's going to do um, all sorts of terrible things. Verse 7, it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. He's going to be a worldwide ruler. So those who look at the things happening today and the globalists that are setting up the plan for this to take place already today where they want a one-world government and a one-world ruler, and that's exactly where it's going to come into fruition, is right here with the beast from the sea, the Antichrist. He's going to have war with the saints and he's going to be able to overcome them. We're going to see later on that they are the um, martyrs that are below the altar. Verse 8, And all, all who dwell on the earth will worship him, everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. So all of the people on the earth. Now, this is not all inclusive. This is all descriptive. So 
descriptive of what's going on in the earth. Virtually all of the people, obviously not the ones who are the saints, because it says here more descriptive of who they are. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. So obviously not the saints because their names have been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life. This is just another indication to the sovereignty of God and to the fact that salvation is wholly a work of God. He is the one who wrote people's names into the book of life from the foundation of the world. And that work is all from God. We cannot earn it and we cannot lose it because it is all a work of God. Another indication there here in the book of Revelation. Verse 10, if anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anyone kills with the sword, with the sword he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. And so the saints are being hunted down and they must continue their faith in God because um, this, this guy wants them all dead. And he has the authority to do it. And he has the ability to do it. And they are now being hunted down. And we're coming down to the, the, the final three and a half years of the tribulation. Verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. So now that we have the beast out of the sea, which is the Antichrist, now we have the beast coming out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. Of course, because he's getting his authority from the dragon, um, ultimately. Verse 12, he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his, in his presence, And he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even uh, that so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given him to perform in the presence of the beast telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. Again, we're coming full circle to this wound that that he came back to life. So now we see it was a resurrection that was accomplished here, uh, that he came back to life. Um, Now, this is the false prophet, what we call the the person who we call the false prophet in the tribulation, and he is trying to take the place of the Holy Spirit. Unlike many churches today who put an emphasis on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself puts an emphasis on Christ, just like this beast from the earth who is emulating the Holy Spirit puts an emphasis on on the first beast from the sea who is uh, emulating Christ. And so, again, this unholy trinity is trying to uh, uh, forge a, a, uh, a lookalike of the Godhead. 
And so you see that. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth. He's causing people to worship the first beast. He doesn't want the worship himself, just like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not here to be worshipped. The Holy Spirit is not around to be worshipped. The Holy Spirit instead points people to Jesus Christ. That is his whole goal, is to lead people closer to worshipping Christ and the Father. And that is the goal of this beast is to lead people into worshiping the Antichrist and the dragon who is Satan. It was given to him uh, to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So now he's asking to make this idol. They make this idol, and he gives power to the idol to speak. Now, obviously, it's satanic. It's either demonic speaking through the idol or Satan himself. Um, Either way, they're causing people to worship the image of the beast. Now, we're obviously told all the way back in Exodus chapter 20 not to make an image of God, so this is clearly a forgery that's happening where Satan wants images, people to worship images of him and of his cohorts, and that's what's being set up here. And if people do not worship the image, that they are to be killed. And again, this authority has been given to the Antichrist, and so he can carry it out. It's not that he, you know, like we saw with the woman and the dragon where the woman was guarded. Now at this point, the um, the Antichrist has this authority to kill the saints or the followers of Christ, of the real Christ, not the Antichrist. He causes all, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. So now everybody who is worshiping the beast and receiving this mark, because this mark is a symbol of worshiping the beast, it's either on their right hand or on their forehead. And remember, again, he's emulating because where did the, well, he's, we're going to see here a mark also on the 144,000, which we've already seen um, that the mark on the 144,000 is on their forehead. And so again, he's emulating, he adds in the hand. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. And so that is what the mark is. It's you're marked as basically property. They own you now. And you cannot buy or sell in the marketplace without having this mark. Now, obviously, that's going to create a black market for those who don't have the mark. But 
um, in the normal marketplace, you cannot buy or sell. And that is either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So this is where the number 666 comes in that you hear about. Um, it comes right from Revelation 13, 18, and some form of that number or of the name of the beast will be what is in the mark. And that mark will have some form of that. Now, how they do it, I, I don't know, and um, we'll probably won't know exactly until it actually happens. Will it be plain up? Roman numerals? Will it be um, ordinals? Will it be, you know, we don't know until it actually happens. Will it be written out in each language? I don't know. Um, but that's in, unimportant. What's important is that once someone receives this mark, they are theirs. There is no going back after receiving this mark. You are now worshiping the beast and it says that the ones who will worship him are everyone, back in verse 8, who has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of the life of the Lamb, the Lamb's book of life. And so if you are not in that book of life, remember that book of life, because it's going to come back on around as we get to the end of the tribulation. When we get to the great white throne, we're going to see that book of life again. That's a significant thing here. And we're going to see that again. So keep that in mind that any of these people who get this mark or worship the beast or its image are not in the Lamb's book of life. So that is going on, uh, starting to, to happen in the mid part of the tribulation. You've got some description of what's going to happen in the, in the second half here um, with the killings and the worshiping and the image and such. And that will be going on during the second half of the tribulation. We've got one more discussion that we're going to have next week about another thing that, that's going to happen in the middle of the tribulation, and then we will move on into the second half. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays. Mm -hmm.